Welcome to Bushfire. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm Andy Tip Lady, Session 6. There's no one church, no one person has all, all the truth. I felt the Lord speak to me that you know, Andy, should, Andy should speak in this session. I felt the Lord say to me that he has something to say. I don't know what he's got to say, but he's got something to say that you need to hear. And so I want him to come and take this next session, and let's just keep our hearts open to what God wants to say to us. Eh? Bless you, Andy. Thanks, Neville. Um, there's a couple of things I just want to do before I start. Um, can my brother and sister from Switzerland just uh, stand up? The Lord really spoke to me about you today as I was just sat there. I don't know if you're aware, but in Switzerland they made the crossbow. And in the day they made it, it was in those days they said this is an unfair way of fighting. An unfair way, because the crossbow was so accurate, and it had such power, that in the military way, they actually wanted to ban the crossbow. And the Lord says that you are going to be a crossbow. You're going to go back to Switzerland, because what you will shoot, you will hit. And not just hit, but it will penetrate to the very heart. And the Lord says that he will send you back like the crossbow, that will penetrate the very armor of hard people's hearts. So Lord, I just pray now, Lord, just arm them now for this day to go back, Lord, to, to uh, Geneva, and Lord, to start firing the crossbow. To break down the walls that the enemy has put around people's hearts. And I just feel the Lord say that you are going to put hearts back together. You're going to heal broken hearts. Where's the Welsh couple from Wales? Can you stand up? The Lord said to me today, he said, you're to return back to the Mariah Chapel. I don't know where you live in Wales. I don't know where, I don't, in the Gower Peninsula, you return, there is something there that the Lord wants to do to you. Because he's going to restore a fire back in Wales. A fire that will never go out. And there's going to be an uncapping of a well. When you return back to Mariah Chapel. Where the Welsh revival broke out through Roberts. And it only went on for nine months. And the Lord said to me this. It finished far too early. But he's going to restore the fire. But there's something back there for you. I don't know what it is to go into, step into the chapel, and the Lord's going to reveal it. I don't think, I don't know whether it's a a promise that the Lord spoke to you years ago about your destiny, but he's going to renew it. And he's rekindling the fire underneath you. And this is a fire that will be all-consuming. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to address something now before I get into my message. The Lord has put, been putting stuff onto my heart. And I want every woman to listen to this. Every woman in this place. Anybody web streaming. Listen, there is restoration coming. And it's going to come to the church first. 
But one of the things the Lord has really put onto my heart, and I had a whole message prepared, and the Lord just isn't allowing me to bring it just yet. Maybe it's just for, you know, Bushfire family. But it will put it on the internet. But listen, the Lord's going to restore the rightful place of women in church. The rightful place of women in church. There has been such a misinterpretation of the Bible in standing with women. And the Lord started talking to me from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Listen, when the Lord says, when he put Adam to sleep, he took the rib of Adam out of him. He didn't take the heel of Adam. Women are not to be down there. They're meant to serve alongside. They are equal. They are equal. I cannot do what I'm meant to do without my wife. She stands alongside me and I stand alongside her. But the Lord's going to restore women. You watch this move. You're going to see some of the greatest anointers, the greatest teaching and preaching are going to come from women. And let me, the Lord said, wanted me to share this with you. Who did he tempt? Who did he deceive? Eve. Adam was given, don't eat from the tree. That was the first commandment that was ever given to man. And he gave it to Adam. Adam knew what he was doing. Eve was deceived. Why? Because the devil went to the top. The devil went straight to the top. And let me tell you something. This is just a, clear, just a, a little glimpse of what the Lord has been revealing to me for months. What did he do to man? He formed him out of mud. What did he do to the rib? fashioned it. He sculptured it. He took it. I bet the angels were saying, he didn't take that much time over man. <laughs> but he fashioned the rib of Adam. God is telling us something. And it's all about the bride. It's all about the bride. And it starts in Genesis 1 and it finishes in Revelations. It's all about the bride. And this is where it says in the word, and I could never understand it until just last week, where it talks in Genesis 1 when it says, the, the, the son will leave the mother and father. It's talking about Adam. And I was thinking, well, Adam and Eve didn't have sons and fathers. So what, what are you saying here, Lord? And it's a prophetic picture of this. It's about Jesus pursuing his bride. Because Jesus left his father to come down and pursue his bride. Pursue his bride. That's you and me. I wish I could go a little bit more into that because there's a lot to do with women. A lot to do. We've got many things wrong. But let me tell you, when I looked at the curse that was given to the snake or the serpent, and I've always read it like this. I've always read when God said to the serpent that he will put an enmity between you and the woman. And I always read it as a curse to the woman, but no, it's a curse to the snake. And what does that mean? Is women, you are the highest form of spiritual warfare against the devil.
because you have such a hatred for being deceived. Are you following me on this? Are you with me on this? Are you receiving this? There is going to be a restoration, not just on the inside of us. That's where it starts, but in church. Now, that, that, that will kill some sacred cows. I'll probably get a few emails. I'll probably have a people, you know, having given me a hard time. But you know what? I don't care anymore. I'll ruffle some feathers. and I'm a bit like Marmite. You'll either love it or you hate it. You know? But listen, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. But I want to address something before I start. And I'm going to get into the message. Um, we've got a problem in the church, folks. <laughs> And it's all about cross-dressing. It's gone quiet now. <laughs> oh, no, because good job Heidi isn't here. He'll be going, she'll be going, oh, no, please don't say that. But it's about cross-dressing. Listen, I'm a bride. I'm a bride. I don't know what it looks like. As long as I don't have to wear high heels. I don't even mind putting a wedding dress on because I'm his bride. I'm his bride. And whatever it looks like, I'm his. I'm sold out for Jesus. And listen, ladies, you are sons. You are sons. So there's a bit of cross-dressing going on. So I just feel that we need to get over that. Guys, you're brides. Ladies, you're sons. Right? So. In... The custom of the Jews when they got married, there was an engagement. And the engagement went on for, it could be a year, where the, the bridegroom-to-be would go away and prepare a house for his bride. But the bride would never know when the bridegroom was coming. Until what? Until there was a sounding of a chauffeur. There's a sounding of a chauffeur going out. Has anyone got a chauffeur? I wanted to blow a chauffeur because it's the sounding of the bride. It's about getting the bride ready. I believe the Lord has blown his chauffeur and getting the bride prepared and ready. And when the bride hears that, she makes herself ready. Listen, the whole thing about the five foolish and the five wise virgin is that they were born again. They loved the Lord. But let me tell you, what was the one thing they both, that both sets had in common? Was the bridegroom delayed. Many of us have been sat here waiting for the bridegroom to come. But let me tell you, Jesus is pursuing his bride. He is pursuing his bride with a purpose-driven love for us. And many of you have sat there saying, Lord, Lord, when's it going to happen? He sounded the chauffeur, make yourself ready. Because it says, listen, we, we've got to stop trying to pick holes in other people and other churches and other things. But listen, there is a bride. And it speaks about the bride from Genesis to Revelations. We've got to get over it. All I'm saying is, I want to be a part of that bride. Worldwide. I want to be a part of that pride. I do not want to miss what God is doing in this day and age. And many of the things that Neville's been saying, we've been saying here in a little, little group 
for, for years. I've been saying for three years, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And then you get a man like Neville coming in. And what's he do? He just qualifies. Qualifies. And he's given us, and I can't even begin to go into his mission. This is just one purpose of it, to come here. But there's a higher mission. And it involves this nation. But we as a bride have got to go ready. It says in Revelations 19, verse 7 to 9, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. This is talking about the righteous acts of God's chosen people. This is what Neville's been talking about, is that when that fire comes into us, it will clothe us in brightness and fine linen. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. You are blessed because you've been invited. Not just to the land and the wedding feast, but to stand alongside him from his rib. Why do you think they pierced his rib? Restoring back to Adam. Side by side. He's calling out of his bride. Blood and water. His blood and our water. Side by side. Restoring his bride back to his side. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful picture? Why do you think they stabbed him through the side? <sighs> Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews 10 verse 5. Therefore when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offering I did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. See, Jesus is looking for a body prepared for him to do whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do. And if you're not sold out for him, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. And I'll tell you, my wife and I are walking this out side by side. Stuff that, that we've been praying about for over two years have just about to start. And I knew that well, I had to do some things before Neville came. Because I didn't want Neville to come and say, Andy, I feel the Lord saying this. And, you know, because that's not a step of faith. I wanted to do this step of faith with my wife. I won't go into it. I haven't got time. But he saved us and called us with a holy calling. You have been called today. Not just any call. You've got all the backing of heaven with that call. The myriad of angels are descending from the heavenly throne to us today. Each and every one of us. Not because anything that we've done. We don't deserve this, folks. We're the most unqualified generation for God to do what he's doing. We are so messed up, so mixed up, and so used to stabbing each other in the back. We did such a good job of it, of stabbing our brothers and our sisters in our backs. It's stopping. 
it's going to stop. And not because of anything that we've done, but because of his purposes and because of his grace. This grace was given to us before the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. You were called before time ever began. Now we've got two little boys and a little girl over there. They have been called for this time. They are going to be mighty warriors for Jesus. For Jesus. He is going to be an evangelist with such a prophetic strong word. She is just going to get alongside and heal the sick. I'm prophesying that over you. You run and you will not grow weary. And the Lord is going to answer your prayers that you've prayed. And I just see you've prayed over them as they're sleeping. And the Lord says he's seen it. And he will answer your prayers. And this is what I like. We have been unqualified, folks, for years. But listen to this. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. I just love him. I love him. I love him. Listen, I'm the most unqualified person standing in front of you. But I've been qualified by his blood. I've been qualified by his blood. I don't feel guilty. That's, that's the devil. I don't feel... You know what? The Lord showed me something in a vision a few years ago. That when it breaks out, there'll be stuff written in newspapers and magazines about me. I'm not being boastful. But I'm not to read it. I'm not to read it. Because most of it's going to be horrible. <laughs> Most of it's going to hook things out of my past. Because I wasn't a Christian until I was 28 years old. And I was a rogue. But God did something to my life. And I made two incredible decisions. The first and the most important was following Jesus. And the second most important was marrying my wife. Those are the two most important decisions I've ever made in my life. And I don't get it right all the time. And that will surprise some of you. I'm not perfect, but neither are you. But listen, it says from 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2, it says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them, and there with him were about 400 men. Now listen, ladies, let me just address something here. When the Bible speaks just about men, I want to address something. Because again, the church have got this mixed up. This isn't God just saying men are more important. No, he said what? When a man leaves his parents and a woman leaves her parents, they do what? They become one. So God cannot look at you as individual anymore. He looks at you as one. Do you follow me on that? Right, so women, don't get freaked out by it. You're one. And for those people who are single, you're, not, you're only half a person. You're only half a person. And what you should be praying for is, Lord, let my other half come in and make me one. For those people who have got a gift, and listen, it is a gift of being single. 
And it's not talking about lustful desires or anything like that. It's a, that word gift of singleness is the charisma gift, that it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the same word, the charisma gift. And it's this. The gift is that you can remain single and remain whole all at the same time. It's because you're married to Jesus. So don't get freaked out. Husbands and wives, just look at each other because without your wife or without your husband, you're not whole. So this is another sacred cow that we've got to kill. But folks, something happened in that cave of Adullam. You had the vagabonds, you had the murderers, you had the thieves, you had the people that were flocking to David because they had nowhere else to go. But this is at the point that we're at, is a lot of us have come into that cave discontented, dirtied, soiled, got so much of the earth sticking to us. But let me tell you, when they came out of that cave of Adullam, they came out as what? Mighty men and warriors. Mighty men. And I've done nothing else but read about these mighty men. Benaniah jumps into a, a pit with just a lion in it. Just a lion. And he kills that lion with his bare hands. Where one man could kill a thousand in battle. And he had 300 of those. His three mighty men. Oh, I can't go into it. But let me tell you, you're about to be qualified by the power of God because we've been in the cave far too long. But something is about to change. We're going to come out as mighty men and women of valor to do great exploits for the Lord on this earth. It says in Isaiah 51 verse 15, but I am the Lord your God that divide the seas when the waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name and I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may be established in the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. God is going to have a body of people where he has put his word in your mouth for this appointed time so that when he pulls back the arrow and releases, it's going to go straight and true. I need this. I want this. How many people do? Hope deferred has made the heart sick. What Neville's doing is restoring hope. He's restoring hope. God will have his three people, his, his people. God will have his people. And three things will happen. They will find amazing revelation about the kingdom of God from the heavenlies. They will see from a different perspective, side by side with Jesus. From Ephesians 2 verse 6, that we've been raised up to be side, sitting side by side. We're going to see from a heavenly perspective not an earthly domain. And that when we see from a heavenly perspective, we will be able to come down to earth and be the control of the temperature gauge. We can turn up the temperature. We are going to be light in darkness. 
The second thing, we will establish on earth what is already in heaven. We will start doing what Adam was, was, was told to do, was to, to bring dominion to the earth, to establish the kingdom of God on earth. That's what his people will do. We'll start bringing the, the whole thing of society, the reformation of society, back in as it is in, on, in heaven. Listen, I'm a teacher, soon to be an ex-teacher. I'm coming out of teaching, but I've worked 20 years in it. Work flipping hard, but I'm coming out. I've worked hard. But now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Folks, no hindrance. I want to get my head down. I want to get revelation from the Lord. Not to inflate me, but to bring his kingdom down. I want to live out of John 5.19. Neville didn't know I was going to preach on any of this. And do you know what the third thing they're going to do? They're going to prophesy and declare to the remnant a season of destiny and purpose to a lost generation. They're going to restore hope into hopelessness. They're going to restore faith into fear. Fear has so bound the church. So bound the church. So bound. I thank God for people like Joe King. Well, he's, he's, he's helped me. So, Joe, got to, I just need to talk to you, mate. Do you know what he's done? He's restoring faith back into me. You don't know anything about my past. There are two people that know everything. It's my wife and that man there. And Joe said something to me. And he's going to feel really embarrassed by this. I don't care. Joe said, you know, I'm just a sparrow. And I wrote back to him and said, no, you're not. You're my eagle. Because you're restoring. And I get a 50, 51 years old, soon to turn 52. And it's like I'm returning back to when I was three years old. Because when the devil comes to me, he's going to find nothing in me. He's going to find nothing in me that agrees with him. But they're going to restore to a remnant company of people destiny and purpose to bring in the harvest. That's our job. It's the wheel inside the wheel. It's the wheel inside of the wheel. Our job, folks, is not about revival. That's part of it. It's seen further than that. So much further than that. As Neville says, you know, he, he stole my notes, folks. He must, I don't know what he, he must have come along, switched my iPad on him. But there are two, two seeds going to come up. and We know what it is. There's going to be light and darkness. And we win. So why are we fearful? We've got to shake off that fear from us. We've got to get faith into our spirit. Revelation 3 talks about this. This is not the time to be lukewarm. Let me promise you that. This is not the time to be lukewarm. If you are lukewarm, I will suggest one thing to you. Get home. Close the door and cry out to God. Cry out to God. 
listen, my wife and I, this happened to us in 2004. We were taken to the Isle of Skye. Two beautiful dogs. Loved my wife. Good job. In a church. Serving the Lord. But I got to the Isle of Skye in 2004. I looked over. We drove them 12 hours to get there. And uh, I remember looking. I remember as if it was yesterday. I remember looking over this crystal blue ocean of the Atlantic. And there was something in me that just wanted to dive into that sea and not come back. Not come back. And I had everything to live for. Everything. And what I didn't know was Heidi was reading Brother Young's book, The Heavenly Man. And she was getting so convicted by it. So praying, oh Lord, look what's happening there. What about us? We've got nothing to complain about. And she was just the same as me and we'd never spoken about it. And that night, as we sat up, we just cried tears streaming down our faces. We didn't understand what was going on. We didn't have a clue. But for those next few days in those hills and in the Isle of Skye, our dogs probably thought we'd gone mad because all we did was we screamed out to God, we need you. We want you. We're sorry, Lord, that we've ignored you. You see, we knew him from black and white, but we didn't love him with everything. And so we screamed out for him, Lord, you've got to be enough because without you, I've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. I can't heal a headache without you. Nothing. And God met us in that place. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown, folks. So did Heidi. She thought she was having a nervous breakdown. But we came back. Something changed in us. Something just switched in us. That we were just so hungry for him. And in a very short space of time, We left everything. We left the church that we loved. We left the people that we loved. And we closed the door for a year. And just cried out for him. There were some times I cried so much in that time that my eyes were like slits. And Heidi been saying, you've been doing it again, haven't you, Andy? Because all I could do was just rush home from work and dive into that bedroom and just be with him. And then God started appearing. God started meeting us in that desperation. Heidi was taken to heaven. I've been taken to heaven. Not to be boastful, but he needed to put something in us. More of himself. More of himself. So folks, if you're lukewarm, get boiling hot. Get boiling hot hot. And whatever is hindering you, whatever it is, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I'm not being critical, but if your church is not red hot, get out. If it isn't fulfilling the purposes of God, get out and find a body of people that are Because otherwise, what will happen is you're going to die in that church. I'm not being critical. Please hear my heart. Listen, Jesus is standing at the doors of churches and knocking.
and many of those doors will not open. So open up the door to your heart and let him in. You've got no rights. You've got absolutely no rights. You don't deserve anything. I don't. But all I want to do is serve him. I want to be that sign and just serve him. And it brings ridicule, and fair enough, the Lord will give me the grace to stand under that. Because if they ridicule my master, they'll ridicule us. But they'll love our master. They'll love you because they'll see Jesus. You see, these people are going to display such power. But right from the word go, the Lord showed me He's not bothered what you do. He's only bothered why you do it. Are you doing it for him? Or are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it to establish his church on earth or to establish your church? God is not going to use denomination again. I promise you that. And this is where what I call, and I've been saying this for two years, Folks, this is the time when you draw that line in the sand. And it's that line of demarcation. No more. This is when you dig your heels in and you say, I ain't going back anymore. I ain't going back to there. I'm crossing over. I'm going to kill some giants. And you're going to go in the power of God because that's what he's told us that we can do. And now's the time, folks, where there's going to be a sea of separation. You're going to see that divide. It's happened all the way down. The ages of the church are that sheer separation. Those that are remaining faithful. Listen to this. Zechariah 8, verse 11. But now I will not be unto the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. For the seed that Neville's been talking about shall prosper. The vine shall give its fruit and the ground shall give its increase and the heavens shall give their due. The anointing. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all things. And it shall come to pass that as you were a curse among nations, O house of Judah, the house of Israel, so will I save you and shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. God is restoring his remnant people. He's calling that remnant out. And the Lord spoke to me out of Nehemiah. Listen, what Neville said yesterday was was what I've got down there. There are three areas in heaven. The tabernacle, we're talking about the tabernacle. The outer court, that's the biggest area. Then you've got the inner court. And then you've got the holy of holies. It's a wheel inside a wheel, in a wheel. When Nehemiah was given the uh, job to restore the walls, that call went out to every Jew in captivity. Out of two and a half million in captive, 40,000 answered that call. But out of that 40,000 that went back to restore the walls, 
there was a remnant company that went back before them. So there's a remnant upon a remnant of a remnant. And this is what God's addressing in this day. He's calling his remnant people out of obscurity that have been put in the quiver. But God is getting those arrows out and he's about to release them. And they will taste for themselves, Hebrews 6 verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come. We're going to step into incredible power. Just like Smith Wigglesworth, he saw legs grow. He told a man to go and buy some shoes and he didn't have any legs. Didn't have any legs. So he went to a shop, he one of faith, went into the shop and he said to the guy, can I have a pair of shoes? Guy looks at him and says, he's no legs there. What size? He said, well, I don't know, I used to be a seven. What color? I don't know, brown. You can imagine a shopkeeper guy, this guy who's gone do rally. As he went up to get a brown pair of shoes on, he turned around and a leg had grown. By the time he got the second shoe out, the other leg had grown. That's the power of the age to come. That's the power of the age to come. When A.A. Allen, Catherine Kuhlman, John G. Lake, William Branham, all these amazing greats, they touched something that was for us. But God will develop a company of people that will have the same character and the same attributes as he does because we're made in his image. And God is going to raise them up to have great spiritual understanding and they will become the brilliance of light in very dark places. Isaiah 30 verse 25 says this, In the great day of slaughter, when the towers fall, Streams of water will flow on a very high mountain and every lofty hill. What's it talking about there? It's talking about that this calamity that's been will be seen by the whole world. High lofty mountains. It's going to be seen by everybody in the world, this calamity. Rick Joyner did a study of this, this verse. And there is nowhere in history where it talks about towers plural, coming down. Until what? The Twin Towers. That's very interesting. But, this was that, that, that act of terrorism was seen around the world by every, just about every person on this earth. But if you've got eyes to see and a mind to focus on what God is doing, you would miss the next verse. Then the moon will shine like the sun. What's it talking about? The moon is a church. It's us. We'll shine like the sun. The S-O-N. And the sunlight, the light, the brilliance, the light will be seven times brighter like the light of seven full days. What's it talking about? It's talking about a company of people that will have such brilliance of the Lord Jesus Christ rising up to them. They will shine brighter than the seven ages of the church that have gone before. And we're the undeserved generation. Just read the box, the fox 
Fox's Book of Martyrs. 80 million people were martyred. And a lot of those people came from England, the UK, and their blood is crying out for justice. And that justice is going to land on an unqualified, cave of a doolum experience people. When the Lord will bind up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds, we're going to put healing across this nation. We will have healing go across the world. And I'm telling you, it's going to start here. And I don't mean here in this building. It could do. I'm talking about here in these people, you and me. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care whether you come from the gutter or you come from royalty. My blood's the same as yours. My blood's the same as yours. But his blood is different. His blood is different. It will saturate you. It will flood onto you, Barry. And when we've tasted that, I don't want to go back. I've said to my wife, my wife says to me, there's no plan A. We've got nowhere to go. Got nowhere to go. Apart from him. We are about to see the biggest healing anointing. But it's going to have two things on it. We're going to start seeing the true prophetic come out. I call it the two sides of prophetic and pathetic. But folks, I don't shoot the messenger. I weigh up the prophecy. We've got to weigh up prophetic words. And to see whether it's in the heavens. And I believe there is too many prophetic people coming across and they're coming out of the second heaven and not the third. That will blow some people's minds. That's why we can't have two extremes. There cannot be two extremes. We've heard it from Neville. There's great devastation coming on this world. And we've got to be the answer. We've got to be the light. His bride will be the light in darkness. That's you and me. But there's also something else. We're going to start seeing the true apostolic rise up. The apostolic that will establish his kingdom. The apostolic in education. Our education sucks. I'm a teacher. I believe in education. But it sucks. Do you know they did an experiment? I saw it. Had a look at it. They gave a paper clip to a group of kids, my little boy's size, four years old, in a school, and they filmed it. And they said, Think about how many ways you can use this paper clip. And they left it. And they just let the camera look at it. They had to stop filming because the kids at 155 would have kept on going of different ways of using this paper clip. They took that same paper clip. To the kids of 16 were leaving education. And they said, do the same. Those kids stopped at nine. Because everything was logic. Everything was about remembering. 
everything's about regurgitating. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of that. You know, and there's got to be some reformation in that. There's got to be some, somebody standing up and saying, enough's enough. My little boy's going through this education system. But all we're doing is we're just generating a bunch of young kids that a lot of them are being told by the age of 16, unless you've got five GCs, GCSEs, unless you've got those five, there's no hope. We've got to restore that hope to our kids. We've got to restore that hope to our children and our grandchildren and to the young people today. Because I'll tell you one thing, they're a fatherless society. Fatherless society. And we will move into Isaiah 11 verse 2. The sevenfold spirit of God. We will start walking in such power, in such might, with such revelation, with such counsel, with such wisdom, and have, wherever we go, we'll have the reverential fear of the Lord upon us. That will bring conviction to a lost generation. And when the conviction comes in, we've got to teach them the ways of God. But not out of any Bible college. I'm not against Bible colleges. But I think they've done a bit of damage. They've diluted the word. They put it into their own doctrine. Listen, I want the epinosis knowledge, which is the knowledge of the Spirit, not the knowledge of man. I'm not a bright person. I don't know how I got a degree, but it was God in me. How I even got to university was a miracle. But God wanted to show me something. He really wanted to show me something. And I had to work really, really hard at university. I hated it. Because I was 34 years old. And I was mixing with all these young kids at 18, 19, doing all the things they wanted to do. And it was just something in me. I just said, Lord, please get me out of this. But he says, no, I want to teach you something. I want to teach you something. And you know what he taught me? Discipline. Discipline. Because if I can discipline myself to do that, I can discipline myself to hear from him. And that's the next stage of my life, is to listen to him. I'm not a pastor. You know, Bushfire Ministries, we're still looking for that pastor. I ain't a pastor. Because I'm seeing things in the future and calling them in. I'm gonna, we're going to build a school. We're going to build a nursing home. We're going to start doing something. Where it doesn't matter whether it's small, big or large. To influence society. To show them the way. The proper way of doing things. And that's not boastful. But I'm setting my heart. I'm setting my forehead like flint to do this. Because we have got to make a difference on these people outside here. Four doors up. Two young lads. 
look, listen, we're, we're, we have opposition here. They don't want us here. They've stolen the camera at the back. They, you know, climbed up on the roof, stole the camera, and all sorts of things are happening. We've got witchcraft. We've, you know, but I'm not bothered about that. I keep my eyes focused on him. But these two young lads, they're just reprobates. Get into a, a car with a loaded shotgun. And as they get in, his mate fires the shotgun and shoots his mate through the back. Doesn't kill him. But you know what they did? Is they went off and tried to kill somebody. And these, these lads used to walk past here, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Where's that? They came into this place, drunk and as high as kites. And what they were doing was just looking at handbags. So I just went up there. I can't remember somebody else was that there, just talking to them. And then, boom, they just left. Because of the light that was in this place. The light and the presence of Jesus in this place. Because of you and me. Ephesians 5:26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy without blemish how many people want to get rid of some of their wrinkles how many people want to get rid of their spots? Well, guess what, folks? The seraphim are on their way. The fire is coming. The Holy Spirit fire is coming to burn out every spot and every wrinkle. But my purpose within my heart to get rid of as many wrinkles as I possibly can until it comes. I'm not going to sit back and let this happen. I've got to work towards it. I've got to position myself to say, Lord, whatever it takes, take it out of me. Take it out of me. You see, what we're going to become is a living word. Our thoughts will be his thoughts. Our will is going to become his will. Our words will be his words. And our actions will be his actions. There were two things that are going to happen. There are two duties that are going to happen onto this body of people. The horizontal, the Zadok priesthood, where it's about serving the Lord. But it will come out of the vertical, sons of God, intimacy with the Lord. Total intimacy in the bedchamber of the Lord. There cannot be birth unless there's been a coming together. I love it. Give a woman sperm and she'll give you a baby. Give her food, she'll give you a meal. Give her a house, she'll make it a home. That's the nature of women. Give her rubbish. Guess what will be coming back at you? But God is the same. He's birthing something in us, which is his word, that is going to come out. And do you know what will happen? It will happen the same as Daniel. When he said, eat the book, eat the book, and it was sweet to his mouth. And then it, 
The only way I can describe it is he vomited out revelation. When you eat the book, you will just vomit out revelation. Revelation, John 5.19. But I love it, folks. We are going to have an incredible revelation of one thing. Jesus. There's going to be a body of people that will operate out of an incredible revelation of him. It's happening in the Muslims. Let me tell you something. This might shock some of you. But I'm sick and tired. I am so tired of people sending me emails telling me that the Muslims are a damnation to this world, to this, this nation. That they're going to bring sorry law. They're going to be doing this. They're going to be changing government. No! They're going to become our greatest missionaries. I'm going to tell you this. And this is going to come out. I believe it's going to come out. There are three Imrans in the UK who are having, and these are some of the biggest mosques that are having revelation of Jesus. One of those mosques have virtually converted to Christianity. So don't tell me that the Muslims haven't got a purpose in this country. Don't tell me that my God hasn't got this problem sorted out. He is going to double trump the devil. And I'm telling you, we have to. This church, this bushfire ministries, little old bushfire, little old us. I've written to the prime minister of Israel. I've written to the embassy in London, the Israeli embassy in London. I've written to the Israeli embassy in Israel. I've written to his press office and I've said, bushfire, stand with you. We stand with the Jewish nation. And I don't care what flack we get. I'm serving my God. And if we do not align ourselves up with Israel, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. And whatever we do, whatever we do, listen to me. Whatever we build, there is going to be incredible holocaust genocide against the Israelis across all the nations that is going to make the history books of Hitler seem like a kindergarten play bully. And if we're not preparing for this, there's something wrong. There is something wrong. Get your shed prepared. Get your shed. I know a woman in France that has bought, she's English, she's bought a, uh, an, an old railway station and she's put a dog kennel on it with under full heating why because of the Jews that she's going to hide the Jews that she's going to hide and she ain't heard any of this <laughs> she ain't heard any of what you've heard today on these last few days but I'm telling you we've got to get prepared for that We've got to get prepared for that. I'll skip right off my message. But that's all right, isn't it? Still got a bit of time.
try and close at half past. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness of God. We've got to be holy, folks. We've got to get into that place where neither our mouth or our thoughts can say negative about anybody. We've done a pretty good job for the devil of pulling down godly men and women. Shall I give you an example? I'm going to get some flack for this. But I don't care. I'll ruffle. Whatever whatever religious feathers are out there, I'll ruffle them. Because I hate religion. I hate religion. Why? Because he does. He hates religion. And we've got to call a spade a spade. A. A. Allen, a godly man. He was one of the few. One of the. He was a godly man. Now I've got this on good authority. I won't mention his name, but you all know him. That A. A. Allen, when 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 they said he died an alcoholic, what a lie! What an absolute stinking rotten lie! The church were divided about that man. The same they were about William Brennan. The same they they were about Catherine Coleman. Just divided. T.L. Osborne. (laughs) Totally and utterly divided. They called everything that he did from the devil. We know from scripture. The devil can't do what is contrary to his nature. To the nature of God. Healing the sick. Raising the dead. Cleansing the lepers. Driving out demons. But A. Allen, when they they said that he died in his hotel room, that his blood was so saturated with alcohol. And I know that uh, a man that travelled with them, a man called Shambok, Brother Shambok. Anybody heard of him? Brother Shambok Crane said he never saw A. Allen touch a drop of alcohol. But a few months later. The coroner that performed the autopsy of A. Allen walked into A. A. Allen's ministry and put a $20,000 check. And in those days, that was a lot of money. He put it down on the table and he said, please forgive me. I was paid by an Assemblies of God church to fabricate the evidence. And I'm returning the check. And he walked out and died mysteriously a few months later. And there's evidence for that. That's serious stuff, folks. Serious stuff. But God is raising up a body of people that are going to shine with brilliance and light. And this flame will never go out. It'll be no longer about self, it'll be about him. It'll be no longer our kingdoms, but his kingdom. It'll be no longer about our agendas, but his agenda. It'll be no longer about control, it'll be about freedom. And I'll tell you what, there's freedom in this place. And it'll be no longer about religion, it'll be about his church. 
there's going to be a body of people that are going to point the way to the sign. And we will walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm saying, Lord, just give me the fruit of the Spirit. Just give, I'm not, Lord, you do whatever you want, you know, with the uh, gifts of the Spirit. But I want to walk in the fruit. I want to walk in humbleness. I want to walk in love and patience and kindness. I want to walk in self-control, Jesus. I want to walk in these things. That isn't just a thing that I just throw out. I want to walk in them. Because I want my character to match his. We're gonna, you're going to see a body of people that are just come so consumed with his love. So consumed. And do you know what they'll do? They'll discern what the enemy's up to and defeat him. Your spiritual antenna will go up. You'll smell the devil out and you'll cast him out. Because folks, there are witches' covens within a mile of this place. When Neville comes in and he looks outside his window, bedroom window, and he sees a rat that's being placed with stakes in it in a certain way that he's seen before outside his bedroom window. And then his wife rings him up, her time, three o'clock in the morning. Joe rings him up and says, God is assigning more angels to protect you. Their time is coming. Their time is coming. For they will see the Son of God over us. In us. And they'll be either so convicted, they'll fall on their face, and they will repent and turn around, and then go out. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's where the Spirit and the Word are going to come to a people. But we have to walk a higher way. We have to walk higher. How many people want to come up higher? Amen. I'll see you in my office if you want to walk lower. But folks, we've got to walk higher. We've got to walk in holiness. We've got to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. How many people have got those little niggly things that always seem to come against them? That's going to be burnt out. But you know what we're going to do? We will have a higher way to walk in holiness with the Lord. We'll have a higher way for perfection in the Lord. We're going to have a higher way of intimacy with the Lord. And we're going to become the Word of God through habitation. He is going to inhabit a body of people. This is what tabernacles is all about. But listen, Pentecost that we see, as it says in the former reign, Pentecost was only a first fruit. We haven't seen the fullness of Pentecost. Pentecost was a first fruit. We haven't seen the the fullness of Pentecost. But after we start seeing the fullness of Pentecost come into us, we're going to see tabernacle, where God will tabernacle with his people. I want that. Because folks, 
two things are clashing. Darkness and fear go hand in hand. But light and faith come together. The light of Jesus, the faith of what he's going to do. And we have to align ourselves with three things. The spirit of humility. With a broken and contrite heart. That means to be honest to God. Just be honest to him. Say, I'm struggling with this, God. You've got to help me with this. You've got to really help me. Just be honest with him. And then we've got to have a trembling and a reverential fear of the Lord and his word. minutes listen when we see Neville Johnson my wife me Joe all come down with the same symptoms where our voices have been affected I haven't coughed once I don't think that's a miracle of God because the anointing's here but we've got to pray for Neville we're going to pray in a minute. Numbers 10, verse 14 to 16 tells us three tribes preceded the tabernacle of David. The first one, I won't read it all, was Judah. Judah represents the lion. The roaring lion of the presence of God, roaring before his mighty army. Issachar means the understanding of the times and seasons and the praise and worship of his people. Praise and worship and the understanding of where we are are going to proceed after the lion, following Judah, following Jesus as he roars. And then we're going to see Zebulon. And Zebulon speaks of habitation. A body of people going to be inhabited with the very presence of God. And it says that Matthew 4.15, the land of Zebulun, by the way of the sea to beyond Jordan, Galilee and the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness saw great light. And to them who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has sprung up. We've been hidden in that quiver of Jesus for this time that's relatively been a lot darkness. I mean, people think that the society is dark. It's dark, folks. It's dark out there. Just go onto the town centre anywhere in the UK on a Friday or a Saturday night and it's the devil's playground. But we sit in that darkness and the light of the Lord is coming upon us. So whatever region that you're sitting in, the light is going to rise up out of you to extinguish that darkness. And what Neville was talking about, I have written here, that it is so crucial that the geographical place that you are living in, make sure it's where the Lord wants you. It is not the time to be moving out unless the Lord has come to you and said, I want you to go there. Now is not the time to be moving halfway across the world unless the Lord has told you. And do you know what, folks? I believe this region is one of these areas where light is going to explode out. I believe Switzerland, Wales, Hungary, 
Cotsworth, Leeds, Sheffield, London, Dorset, Southampton. And we have to do three things. I'm going to finish. We have to equip a body of people when they start coming in. We have to teach them their ways, the proper ways of the Lord. And Neville Johnson, the Academy of Light with Mark, his son, they've got incredible resources there. We've got incredible resources at the back there. We don't want anything left. Anything left. Because we want this word to get out. And if there isn't something on that desk, Cardi's produced a, uh, a list that we will order stuff in and we'll get it to you ASAP. But we've taken our church through the principles of the kingdom. And I would suggest if you go back to your churches, teach them it. Teach them in your home groups. Teach them this, the principles of the kingdom. And when we start equipping them, we've got to mentor them. We've got to be sons and fathers. And we've got to make sons fathers. fathers. We've got to start putting into the, the people that we've got in front of us and prepare them and mentor them and then to prepare to send them out. I haven't got time to go into. Heidi had an amazing encounter. Amazing encounter. Where she was showing what bushfire would be about. That's bushfire base camp. Where the Lord showed her just what, what it's about. And it basically made us realign what we're about. I thought I'd be the evangelist going out to Africa and seeing multitudes saved through signs and wonders. I never wanted to do what I'm doing. Because <laughs> Jehovah Sneaky came up behind me and said, Andy, I've got a job for you to do. I want you to equip a body of people. And those things will follow. I'm not fulfilling the fullness of my destiny. Neither of you. Neither of you. But in essence, we've got to have an enlarged heart for God. The mighty men and women of valor are going to start coming out. And this body of people are going to be catapulted so quickly and so deeper. What Neville was talking about. I've got it here. Catapulted into the deeper things of the most intimate things of God. Like we've never seen before. I woke up five years ago with the Lord singing over me. And do you know what he was singing? Deep cries unto deep. Deep cries unto deep. Deep cries unto deep. And I can't explain the sound that I heard, but it was beautiful. 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 Because it was coming from a deep place of God. Heidi and I don't talk about a lot of the stuff you know, that the Lord's showing us. my wife is one of the most anointed women I know. One of the most anointed women. And you know what? She doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know it. But when she plays, like when Joe plays, something happens in the heavenlies. In the heavenlies, something happens. And it's almost like you just walk out on a platform. Like when Joe plays, you walk out onto a platform because they're the spearhead. 
Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. What's hindering you today? Throw it off. Get rid of it. And the sin that so easily entangles. Listen, how do you get rid of that? That little nagging, demonic thing that is sitting on our shoulders where it's saying, I'm going to put this into your mind. I'm going to put these thoughts into you. Do you know what you do? Starve it. Get off, Satan. Get away, Satan. Get off. Starve it. Starve it. Don't feed it. Don't feed it. I had a guy come to me saying, I'm really struggling with pornography. And I said, well, what's the main source of your pornography? And he says, the internet. I said, give me a pair of scissors. We've got to start being radical. I'm going to finish. God's going to do three things. He's going to restore your lost years. I've had this written down and Neville comes out on the platform. This is the first thing he says. From Joel 2.25. And I will restore to you the years of the swarming locusts of Eden, the crawling locusts and the consuming locusts and the cutting locusts and his great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall not be ashamed. So whatever disappointments you've had in life, whatever you've had coming up against you, I love what Joe said. It's to put backbone in you. I've had some crappy things happen to me. They should never happen. Crappy things. Really crappy things. But you know, I love him. I love him. And he allowed that to happen. So that I can have authority over. I can have authority over that situation. Another thing that he's going to do, we're going to be accelerated so quickly. I can just feel a presence up here. There's going to be an acceleration of a body of people that are going to be catapulted into these things of God. Totally and utterly catapulted. says out of Jonah 3, verse 3, so Jonah arose and went out unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was a great and exceedingly big city that would take three days of journey around it. But Jonah just entered into the city. A day's journey and he cried. One day. He cried and said, yet the 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He didn't have to walk through the city. He just arrived in the city. And was what's taken some people 50 years, we're going to get very quickly. And we've got to be prepared for it. And the next, the last thing is from Hebrews 10 verse 5. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering I desire not, but a body you have prepared for me. 
We've got to get ready for habitation. The habitation of his presence. And this is what it's about. I can't even begin to tell you what Neville has done. People said, can Neville pray for me? Can Neville do this? Can Neville do that? And it might seem that we're just squirreling him away. No, we're protecting him. Because you know what he's come to do? He's having a silent from the Lord. With a torch. He's brought that torch to the UK. And Moses said, Neville, who have you come to? What's your itinerary? He's come to Shepherd. It's the only place he's going to. And Neville is on a quest because three angels came to him with the Lord two days before leaving. And he said, give, this, give the torch to this angel in the middle. And he was big. Hardly and I. Anyway, we'll go into that. And uh, said, give it to him. They're going to come, come with you to the UK. That first clip I showed on the first night, Julie Myers saying, now you've got to listen to me in this. Saying, she gets up and she sings a prophetic song. It's a prophetic message. But my ears, when Heidi and I sat there listening to it, we were in tears. Because we realized the significance of it. When we heard the words, this fire will be greater than John Wesley. What have we got in the middle of Sheffield? Paradise Square. John Wesley visited Sheffield in Paradise Square. And he preached to the largest gathering of people during the week. And we hear that song. is going to be lit that will never go out. Protect him. Lord, please protect Neville now. Lord, surround him. Because Lord, he's not on on assignment just for us. He's on an assignment from heaven. Lord, give him incredible wisdom. And I know you're giving him incredible visitation to know what he's to do with that torch. Father, just tell him. But Lord, we ask you now, protect him. Protect him from the ways of what's happening around us. Lord, just just flood into his room right now. Let your presence just flood into that place right now. And we just pray now, Lord, over us. Let the flame that you've lit in each and every one of our hearts never go out. And that we have a short time to prepare ourselves for visitation. Stand up. I just want to... I'm just going to prophesy. I'm just going to declare... That Revelation 4, one door 
is open to us. If you want to have, like John did, John, come up up here, up here higher, for I want to show you things yet to come. Revelation 4, 1, door is open for us. So Father, I pray now, over us now, Lord, let us enter that door of revelation. The revealing of yourself to a body of people. Let it start happening in our homes. Let it happen over our lives, over our children, over our husbands, over our wives. And I just pray now, Lord, let the revelation of Jesus enter to the women in this place whose husbands do not know you. And Father, I just cut off now any disappointments of divorce. Lord, give us a revelation of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a good rest this afternoon. Get revelation. Get into the secret place. Just get your head down and just hear. Say, Lord, what are you doing? God bless you. See you tonight. If you'd like any more information, please go to our website, www.bushfireministries.co.uk or see our online web shop, www.bushfire-shop.org.